Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. August 15, 1939. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz premieres in Hollywood. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. A confession. The Wizard of Oz terrified me as a child. I was one of the innumerable millions of Americans who encountered the 1939 movie when it was televised annually. It wasn't Dorothy or Toto or the Tin Man, the Scarecrow or the Cowardly Lion, nor even the Wizard or the Flying Monkeys. No, Margaret Hamilton as the Wicked Witch of the West was what set me off, often for days afterward. I suspect I wasn't alone. And this I know for sure. I wasn't alone in looking forward to the movie every year. In 1965, Time magazine wrote, The program has become a modern institution and a red-letter day in the calendar of childhood. The movie, based on the novel by Frank Baum, premiered in theaters on this date in 1939, just as World War II was about to begin. It was shown in small theaters in Wisconsin and on Cape Cod before its larger release. The book is more complicated than one might think. As scholars have noted, the novel, published in 1900, was also a political allegory on the changing nature of America as the Gilded Age gave way to the progressive era. I'm indebted to Thomas F. Schaller, who wrote this in the Baltimore Sun in 2015. What I didn't know as a child, most adults I meet are similarly oblivious, is that the book upon which the movie is based was a political allegory for American politics at the dawn of the 20th century. Doris, the Kansas innocent, represents the nobility of middle and midwestern America. The Tin Man is industry. The Scarecrow is agriculture. Mr. Baum depicted the bimetallism argument of the late 19th century waged between eastern capitalist lenders and midwestern farmer borrowers through the use of colorful metaphor. Notice that the city Dorothy and friends seek is emerald green, and the fraudulent Oz peers through green shades. The yellow brick road they follow there and Dorothy's silver slippers represent the argument over whether the United States should have a gold and silver or gold-only currency standard. The ruby slippers Judy Garland wore in the film version are a departure from the original book. The Wizard of Oz may not be the greatest political film of all time, but it's surely the most popular film that most people don't realize is political. So wrote Thomas Schaller. The film was not the biggest of blockbusters in real time, and it was re-released a decade later and in 1955, before becoming a staple of appointment viewing, which is an anachronistic phrase since all viewing was by appointment in those days in 1956. The lessons of the movie, I think, include a kind of knowingness, an awareness that all is not as it necessarily seems. That the phrase, the man behind the curtain endures in the vernacular, suggests that image is not always reality. So all in all, I'm glad I watched, even if I was scared. A little discomfort, it turns out, can be a good thing. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio.
Reflections of History is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, Chief Content Officer and Founding Partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge and Chris Basil. Production assistance and operations by Andy Jaskowitz, Adam Macias, and Kelly Rafferty. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From m and rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.